0: All right, we are in the studio corner with Adam Finkel. Is that the last name? That is my last name, yeah. So that's your real name? That is my real name. Your music name is Alec Finn. That is correct. I really like that, by the way. It's very smooth. <laughs> Thank like, you. Like, I look up Alec Finn on Spotify and I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be
1: smooth. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So why the why the different name? Um, I've, uh, early in my, my name choosing days, I, I made a decision early on, I didn't feel like my real name I wanted it to be my real name it just didn't feel like a natural thing for me to call a project my own name so Alec Finn sort of became like a remixed version of my name and that really f- resonated with uh, with me at the time it felt right so nice yeah so you,
0: why didn't you want your own name on the music was it more cuz it was a separated thing in your life or
1: yeah i mean i i, I never was really like a i like it being two different worlds like I, I wanted to have like my sort of like personal sort of have my my personal uh life and my music life sort of have a separation in that way like I didn't I didn't want people to try to define me as a human being by my music and my yeah. name be immediately reflected on that you know there's just like I don't know some some about having it be called Finn and it still is my name just scrambled it's just not
0: Oh, Um, I guess I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, so it was a way of—it's—I literally remixed my own name because it is a remixed version of myself. That's what it is. Nice, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) I think it also allows a lot of freedom too. Like something about that psychological connection.
0: Like if you put a different name behind it, like this guy can do anything. Yeah, there's no boundaries. Yeah, I, I like that. I don't know what the
1: hell mine would be. My <laughs> fucking name is Haig. <laughs> it's already weird enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you literally sat there, like, I remember sitting there for, like, a night, and I, I had, like, a, a journal, and I was just writing down a bunch of, like, started with actual names and things that are meaningful to me and objects and, and uh, memories, things like that. And then slowly, like, I was just like, I wonder if I could just, like, kind of mess my name around. And then I came up with that. And it just, there was something about it that also felt like it was European um, and, and almost, like, uh, Almost like Nordic in a way and yeah. and I've, I felt like the music feels like it comes from that area of the world uh, I've <laughs> always like had that like I've, I've people were, uh, were you sober in these thoughts oh yeah, yeah Oh, yeah. nice I like yeah, it yeah. you're down to the bone perfect yeah <laughs> yeah so it just uh, it, it felt it, it just felt right it felt right it did yeah so
0: you have music up on Spotify and mm-hmm. everywhere um, I listen to some of your stuff I fucking love it we'll get to that. <laughs> I fucking love it. Thank you. Um, So between
1: producer and songwriter, Mm -hmm. what title would come first for you? That is a great question. Um, I go, I would like to think that I balance them equally these days. I try to really focus on being a songwriter first and then letting the production influence that uh, afterward rather than the other way around. I think when you go in for style and sound, which is, you know, a producer is sort of like a style specialist in my opinion um, and I think w- when you lose sight of what the song's actually about through trying to just get good sounds and find the right vibes and find the right chords um, uh, yeah not not as into that so I would like to say in that point then I guess like, yeah a, a good balance between the two but at my core yeah i wanna i want to song right and make sure that I have a good roadmap
0: I like what you said about the producer kind of honing in the style or, mm. you know, moving forward. So that's one difference between songwriter and producer. Like, what what would be the main differences to you? Like,
1: if you could state, like, three or four or whatever they are. So songwriter is, I mean, you're, you're talking, like, just from a creative standpoint or from.
0: For for you, what, what does that mean? Me, so you, a songwriter yeah. means something to you and a producer means something to you. You know, what are the differences for. Right.
1: Adam Finkel, aka Alec Finn, yeah, or Alec Finn. Oh, uh, that's that is that's a that's a mystery. I'll leave that to you. Oh yeah, you can you can say how it feels, right? But I, I think Alec Finn was always the, the the go-to for me. But Alec <laughs> Finn, it's all good. None of it. I'm never gonna get mad. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> if we'll you see. know the name, we'll see. I'm we'll already see. gonna be shocked. So
1: <laughs> I will be always excited. Um, yeah. So a uh, songwriter, uh, I think I think the key for me always came down to, do you have something that you're trying to say that is that is what a songwriter is you know are you are you structuring a song around a concept um whereas i think a a producer comes on board to really enhance that Mm -hmm. uh when i produce you know when i sit down with another artist or myself it's first things first is like what 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 do we want to say once we figure that out you know let's go through i'm a very visual person yeah so the producer is like are we making stylistic choices that are 100% contributing to supporting and enhancing the song idea and the fundamental you know purpose of the song so the biggest difference is you know songwriting is what are we actually saying and the producer is like are we saying this as effectively as possible with the elements that we're working with here stylistically, is almost like the freight train that travels you know carries all the goods and takes it where it needs to be yeah i, I and it's also like yeah because i mean you, you you have the the structure but how, you know what where are you gonna how are you gonna package it in a way where people understand what it is like it's almost like you know if, if you have if you're trying to sell silly putty you know what i mean and you're just like somebody eventually was like hey let's put this in an egg because it actually makes sense and that's like the natural shape and it starts at a point where people can then like yeah. mess with it. It's a really weird metaphor that I'm coming with. On I fly, actually but, really like that. But you, you know what I'm saying? That's like It's like you, 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 Somebody had to figure out how to package that thing to a way where people would be like, oh, this is cool. You have, you open it, there's something about that, and then you get it, and it's like wow. exciting. Uh, so yeah. yeah, the enhancing the style and almost the packaging
0: of uh, the what you're trying to say. Yeah, is it that's the incredible? most effective thing I, really, I think that's my favorite way I've ever heard that described. No, thank you. That's awesome. So, you're obviously both. Um, and I think a lot of people would classify themselves as one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think producers, yeah, they have an ear for, you know, once a product is brought to them, they have an ear to, you know, okay, this is how I'll enhance it. Some songwriters, you know, can write a song, uh, maybe on the guitar and some vocals and not know where it should go from there, Uh, which are both good. But I think in today's day and age, both are necessary. Hmm. Um, Well, I mean, so I'm kind of curious from your perspective, how important is it to be both?
1: You know, it's interesting. I, I, uh, was doing a live development session with an artist I've, I've worked with for a while. She came by and, and, uh, I was, you know, she was asking about what I'm working on and what I'm doing currently. And, and, uh, I told her, you know, I was making these records and she's like, man, I wish that I, if I was a producer and I could do like, if I, if I had the tools that you have and I could play all these instruments and I could just like, I wouldn't, like, I would be doing this all day. Every, like, I'd put out so many records on these things. Yeah. And then I realized in that moment, I was like, you know, I think that producers are specialists You know, and it's like one of those things where, not in a, in a, in a, in a, not an egotistical way, in the sense that, like, when you have a, when you're a songwriter, you know, if if you, if you have a broken pipe, you have a, you know, you're going to call a plumber or you're going to spend, a year figuring out how plumbing works to fix this thing on your own yeah so people call in producers in my opinion the reason a producer should be called on is because you have this vision you have this idea and you need somebody that's going to be there a specialist to come in that already has the tools you need that feels good it's a great vibe and they can build out this thing for you or fix your problem way quicker than that that's why you invest in yeah that, in the first place so i love that yeah
0: and i think that's that's once again great way of of putting that together. I think everyone needs to pay attention to what you just said. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, because it is, it's a specialist. I think that's the best way to describe a producer. Yeah. Um, And I think people that claim to be producers without having the skills to play different instruments, to use the different MIDI input or MIDI controllers and all that, like all even down to the basic stuff. I mean, that, that comes into play. It's almost like a producer has to be an
1: engineer and a songwriter and then, you know, want more yeah i mean and there's there's something to be said about you know finding the right producer so you know it, how important how important is a producer yeah i mean it, it it it's hard to say because sometimes a producer can have a stamp and if you like that if you like what they do and you want to be under their umbrella of stuff that they create and they believe but not necessarily really 100 percent supports your vision yeah there's a huge difference that's yeah. a thing but if you want to work with a producer who does have your back 100%, it's also really hard because the biggest thing to identify of whether or not this producer is right for you or or is important um, is is your lack of experience necessarily at production skills and language Um, getting in the way. Are you being sort of demeaned for that um instead of like is this is, is your lack of experience and your personal taste given separate understanding if that makes sense because like i may sense. not know what i'm trying to say but what i'm saying does have inherent value and it is what i need to convey so can we come up with a common language is this person willing to have that language and if they are then yes a producer is essential to you because they're going to take what you're saying, they're gonna package it in a way they're gonna save you a ton of time, they're going to bring out hopefully the best parts of you and push you to really commit and write and be consistent and show up every day with like new ideas and, and, and thinking deeper and, and not just allowing, you know, the, the fundamental idea to just fall on whatever the cheapest or whatever like the most uh, fast, yeah, the, you know, guess, like yeah. what is the fastest
0: way to get this out, you know? Well, there's also I think uh I think there's a huge factor in laziness, you know, mm-hmm. the willingness cuz you know, we can all learn to play guitar and you know, you know, say we're a songwriter and we write our songs and we want to produce them. And kind of like what you said, is it, is it really the fact that you can't hear more? Like you don't have the skills of a producer in the sense like you can't hear where it needs to go mm-hmm. to enhance what you're saying? Or is it that you can hear it but you just don't want to take the time to learn what a producer does? And I think that's a huge one because I've Very experienced so. that myself, I'll yeah. admit it. I experienced that almost, still till this day. Yeah. It's like I sit down and record a song and I'm like, where? Did, like I, I can hear all this stuff but I have no fucking clue how to get to this sound. Right. And it's like I could sit there and you know go on youtube and learn a bunch of tutorials Mm -hmm. or i could just walk away yeah and that that happens more often than not so i think uh i think that's a huge thing especially with the home studio concept you know everyone's got their you know little pad next to their midi you know media stuff and you know one mic to record their guitars and drums and boom you know you could produce a whole thing i mean you do that all the time i
1: see your videos all the time literally most of my yeah most of my life so how'd you so how you stumble into music? You've been doing it your whole life. Yeah, there's a there's a picture out there uh, when I was like four playing a Casio CT70 with headphones on on like the string, uh, the string setting. Uh, my dad played piano. Uh, my mom was a vocalist. My sister uh, ended up picking up flute in, in grade school. Yeah, was, everybody's you had really no choice. Uh, <laughs> there was like a Finkel family chorus going on. Uh, all of my aunts and uncles would harmonize with my mom and dad and stuff. And um, yeah, music was really it was it was important, but it wasn't just. Uh, it wasn't about like the I, I don't for me it was it, it was the only thing ever that like really made me feel like Aristotle and Plato that like had this big debate about art in general and Plato's thing was like you know art is horrible like theater is horrible because you're eliciting genuine emotion through false pretense like this is the most dangerous thing in the world <laughs> it's pretty metal and Aristotle was like but if we don't do that, we're going to go insane. He sounded just like that. Like I heard a recording. Oh, I believe uh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what he talked about. And uh, yeah, so there's like a that. that I remember when I when I learned about that, it was like one of those things I was like, yes, that like music is that thing for me. Like it, it it's such a. It's necessary. And I love, yeah, I was always in this like, the, like this hopeful melancholy stuff. Like no matter what the genre was, I would always like kind of center around this, like, what is the saddest thing that also just feels like so good and just makes me want to like go crazy like you know it's it's
0: the it's the the metal concept as I you know I always I always draw the metal thing but it works for all different types of music people are like you know how can you listen to something so angry and so heavy and intense I'm like well it's because a lot of us have that rage inside of us Mm. and that allows us to feel it yeah. Without doing anything stupid, <laughs> yeah. it's like people are like, "Why do you listen to a sad song when you're sad?" It's like, "Well, it helps me feel the emotion and get through it." Like yeah. that's what music is for. It it taps into almost like this universal godlike energy that we can't attain as human beings. Right. We can only channel it. Right. Like we have to have it. Yes. Yeah. It's, ne- it's necessary.
1: I mean, it's even when you go back to you know like not to not to get so historical here I feel so douchey, but give it to me. Um no, no, like that, that there's always been like even in the the prehistoric, you know, like the first moment, like we, we there were drums. yeah, like that's rhythm. Why? What, like at what point were it' just like we need to hit things in in, in a pattern? like it's that's a physical vibration. It's amazing. Yeah. Like there's like a fundamental like genetic need to 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 feel vibrations and and uh, and and have sound in that way and organize sound, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and it's it's pretty great. I, I don't, I probably said this before on the on the podcast on one of the episodes because I always talk about this uh, concept. <laughs> but uh, but the whole idea of like you know, music's the one art form that can't be tampered with. Like it's the untouchable in the sense of you know, if I'm going to see a, a painting I've never seen before, and I read eighteen different critics' view on it, and they all say it's shit, I could show up and it could be beautiful. But I'm i I'm already like I'm gonna look at it like that. I guess I could see why it's shit. Right, you know, it's probably shitty. I already have a thing, but the entire world could look, could tell you that a song is terrible, and then you could hear it for the first time, and it doesn't matter what you think. You feel it or you don't. Yep. like there's no, there's no penetrating that. That's, so I, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah I, I love yeah. that one. It's the I call I like it the that. untouchable music.
1: <laughs> the untouchable. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah.
0: So when you first, uh, I mean, I imagine in your teenage years, did you decide you wanted to be a musician, or how? What? How? How did you like? make that your goal and within it what Mm. what was your goal with music
1: yeah that's fair um i think really yeah teenagers when i I, I moved into a house where i had a drum set in the basement and uh my friends would come over and we would jam you know super late uh my dad at the time was doing a little bit of traveling with business and um i would have you know like everybody else was having like ragers for me it was like having like six friends over just like playing music till three in the morning uh and and doing a lot of jam band stuff and uh, I was a drummer at heart. You know, that was always like that, playing really? drums. Yeah, playing drums was my first, that was the first time I ever felt like natural at something. Um, not in like a, you know, I'm a shredder, like crazy, but it was just like, it just, I would hear ideas and, and the the distance between my taste and what I was making, that gap was, Faster, you know. I would I would bridge that gap oh, faster than wow. anything else in Once my life. Again, beautifully put. Yeah, beautifully put. Like and and it was uh, it was it was awesome. And I, and I remember like I I did um, I would do like I, I did musicals and stuff in high school and had fun in, in that stuff. And like I I liked performing, but it never felt as good as when I would play a battle of bands. Like it never felt as like this feeling like who who I who how I feel when I do this and like the just the the authenticity of. I don't know. It felt the most like me. So when I went to college, um, I, I still didn't really know. Um, but I, I the the school I went to, their program was pretty much like awesome. If you want to be a classical, is usually the uh, case. Yeah, yeah. But also, my problem is in two thousand two now electronic music is not a thing that people are like amped on like much Trent Reznor uh, yeah but like even even that like like, I remember the first time I showed you know my mom uh, like one of my early records she was like is this because we got divorced? This? Yeah. And like Talk about the greatest yeah, response to yeah. a freaking and, first release, but, and she's like, "I love it." Like she's like, "I love it." It's just like it's so heavy. Like I didn't realize. Like and I was like, "No, you have to understand. Like this is my taste. Like this is what oh, I love. That's amazing. This is what I And and it became this thing. Like I remember, like it was like an adjustment period for a lot of people in my life because they they know me, and I'm like I like love them out there, but this is my expression. It's it, it's they're they are the same, but you have yeah. to understand that like yeah as much as I have fun and like I let loose like this is also a huge part of me and this is what I what I do so the more I would sort of expand on that and then um basically like midway through 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 college I was able to major in theater but take all the music electives like it was super amazing yeah so I took like you know music and film and took like history that you know traditional music of the U.S. history of jazz history of rock and roll like went and studied like deep into like all these things and got to you know read and and listen to a lot of performances and performers and um yeah yeah, like a lot of people around that were just like humbling, humbling the hell out of me. And then I hit a point where when I graduated, um, I had made this one little record that, it was the first thing I made where people were like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um, it was like a fusion, it was still like a little, like, like not quite electronic, because I was like so scared still, yeah. of like going all the way. Uh, and then I got hired as a touring drummer for like a blues band.
0: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try session work. And then after uh, like a couple months of that, I was like, no. Nope. Fuck that shit. Yeah. No, no. Like it was awesome. That's a
0: specific type of person.
1: But I wanted to try it, you know, yeah. and I'm really glad I did. I learned it was so much fun. It was great, dude. It just like at the end of the day, um, you know, I, it, it, I just realized like I, I need to be working on my own projects yeah you have Uh, to channel it somehow yeah i just i think that i'm 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 more comfortable that way having that control and and you know i guess i'm i guess yeah that that was like the main thing so when i got back after that i had a you know this is now 2006 and that was where i was like all right i need to figure out what this looks like i want to do this um and then i realized all the things i was going to need to really bridge the gap again between making stuff that feels good and what my actual current level of experience is with all this so i worked really hard to learn how to engineer and i play a bunch of different instruments you know enough to get my ideas out i'm definitely not like you know a specialist but uh i i i really love expressing myself on different instruments so so what led you to the electronic side of things though i can't explain it i i played in a band called death rabbit um that was with one of my friends and I remember particularly I had been working on this kind of like garage I was almost trying to combine the White Stripes and Radiohead like this oh, like raunchy yeah. like, yeah. like just, I, I think it was literally like I was calling the EP like dingy basement music like it was just like just meant to be played at like underground clubs in like Berlin just like yeah filthy like um, and and it was good but it just it wasn't there and then I had a friend uh, John and, and, and he br- he would bring in these little electronic things he was working on and there it was. Like I could write fifty thousand of those a day, and this these three songs are taking me a year. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is like uh, clearly this is trying, and this is what like feels this right. Is right. Yeah. And and that was it. And I remember he even said to me after our other band um, was done and everything, and I was like going back to trying to write some other more structured things like that, and and more like you know rock stuff. He was like, the day that you embrace the fact that you're just a weird musician who wants to make weird noises will be the best day of your life. And the next day I wrote like 30 ideas like that. And it became like the start of everything like Finn, for sure. That's yeah. fucking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's
0: a huge part of uh, any musicians or any creative person's journey too, is mm. accepting who you are. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so easy to like, you know, we can spend you know the first 25 years of our life or 20 years, 18, whatever, what do you want to call it? You know, believing in something and working our best at it, but it's just, so, you know, it never comes through. And all of a sudden something like that stumbles upon us that we never even thought about. Right. And it becomes overnight more important than anything we've ever done. Yeah. And I think that comes with accepting. And I feel like it's so easy to latch on to something because because we've committed the first 20 years of our life to it. We have to stick to it. And I think being a creative, not even just a musician, but a creative person, you have to be ready at any point in life, even if you spend sixty years to say, Oh, that just hit me, everything changes from here on out. Yeah. Like and accept who you are. So I think that's incredible. I think that's great. That's why you became successful at it. That's a that's a fucking bad ass (laughs) thing. So at what point did you know it was becoming a profession? Like, did you get your first paid gig? Uh, did you get a big offer? You know, were you working with a big artist? What, 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 where was like that, uh, that threshold that broke through where you're like, hey, this is my profession now. This is what I'm doing for mm.
1: a career. It's interesting. Uh, the The first time I ever felt like there was there was a couple moments where I was like, I, there were, there were two things that were like, I can do this. Like, this is actionable. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the thing where I was like, this is real now. Okay. Uh, The two things that were sort of like this is actionable was uh, I got uh, through a label uh, that a a friend of mine owned. Okay. Um, He had heard uh, a record that I had done before uh, my Molly P went, you know, and he was like, "This what like why does no one why has no one heard this like what's going on?" And he passed it on to this producer friend of his, this guy named Dave Cooley. Um, and Dave Cooley had produced, uh, the Silver Sun pickups records that I was really, really into. And so Dave reached out and was like through Rob and was like, Hey, like you want to meet and just like talk music. And I was like, uh, yeah, that would be amazing. And he was, I sat in that room and I think naively, you know, I was like, this guy is gonna want to work with me, you know? (laughs) Um, but it was more of him coming in there, uh, challenging me about how I write. And he called me out on a lot of things. He's like, You're an incredible stylist. You're an incredible sound, you know, designer. But are you really writing songs? Damn. And he said because he's like, I don't think you need a producer. I think you possess the tools to do it. You have all of the tools to do it. He's like, I don't think you've organized them and packaged them properly yet. So take some time, listen to a bunch of music, listen to stuff, and then write your next record. So Damn. Part of the reason that, so that was one of the two things right wow. before that happened. The only reason that conversation happened was because I had, uh, I had told somebody this, uh, somebody had told me to, to start doing remixes. So uh, the third remix I did was for uh, a remix contest by Phil Selway, who's Radiohead's drummer. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Talk about yeah. that Radiohead
0: remix deal. That's- yeah.
1: So it was a, it was just him. He was, did a solo record, um, and he had a track called Beyond Reason that he put up on the site called Indaba, and a friend of mine found it. It was a, one of my coworkers at the time. Was like, hey, dude, you should enter this. You talk about remixes, right? And I was like, yeah. And it said like, you know, he will pick the winner himself, and that seemed. Really exciting to me. Just the fact that there was potential for him to even listen to it. Yeah, personally, too. That's done. Enough. Um, so I spent like 50 hours probably on the remix. Had a couple buddies come through and, and uh, you know, give me their like, yeah, it's, I would say that that's, you know, that's, that's on point. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then it came in second in the, uh, the popular votes. And then he, uh, he picked it as the winner. And it was this like insane thing. Why do you think you won? Well what separated you from everyone else's track? I would say that part of I'm very lucky that I had an epiphany on my second remix. (laughs) As if I've been doing this for years now. (laughs) The first remix I did, I I had this mentality of like, oh, this has to make people dance. This has to make people groove and move. That's the point of a remix, is like it's supposed to be like EDM or like trip hop. Yeah. And then I was like, Nope. A point of a remix is to take... For me, I decided to embody the what is the song about or what does it feel like it's about and I'm going to run with that theme and make it fit that theme. Basically, reproduce the song rather than remix it. Kind of like change its outfit. It's literally reproducing. It's the same person but let's put you in a different outfit. And it's the same tones and you get to add your own if you feel like what's there is not enhancing it. So by the time I got to that remix, what I think helped a lot was I wasn't trying to just make a bunch of cool sounds or just like take his you know, his acapella and put it over just like my own orchestration. Yeah. I literally took all of his samples and used like 90% his samples and like just chopped them and made them refit to something that felt like there was no reason to it at all. Cause that's what the name of the song was. So I just took like beyond reason and I made a song. It's just like, this sounds out beyond of reason. control. Yeah, um, And he had written like, he's like, there was just like, you know, something about that one that just really felt um, the most like, like raw, like it just felt like the more organic out of the group and it was, wow. just, it was like surreal good for you man holy yeah, shit it was did he, so did you get to personally meet him at all i mean how did no no he no. just it's, got announced the winner his label none such uh they sent me a signed vinyl from him it just said like all the cool. best and they sent me like thanks for the great remix and um their rep reached out and i was like please tell you know um philip thank you so much you know, and yeah. i really appreciate it they're like we absolutely will pass on your kind message like we're so grateful you uh so grateful that you submitted and um yeah was, Do you know how many people were in the contest? Yeah, I think it was like 300. Holy shit. 300, 400, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a serious
0: statement right there. <laughs> yeah. So, what came of that? Like, did anything big come out of that? I mean, did you meet anybody important? Like, how did that lead into your career?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a, you know, I think like anything else, I, I particularly um, at the time, I, you know, I, I, it was a credibility booster for mm-hmm. sure. You know, it's like one of those things where, like, when you post that on social media, like, friends of, of friends of friends or people from the past, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a qualifier, you yeah, know, and that's a big thing, especially in the LA scene where a lot of my friends were living at the time. I was in Ventura County, okay, um, but my friends were in LA, and so he, you know, one of my buddies saw it and was like, "Dude, I didn't even know you do remixes. Do You want to do remixes for like a bunch of artists on my label?" And I was like, "Yep." So I started, and now I started getting paid. You know, so that's how you. So that's who hired you? Labels hired yep. you. So yeah, so I started getting uh, remix gigs off of the fact, like the third remix I ever did, which is just seemed insane to me, wow. um, and then. Uh, that that was the guy who introduced me to Dave Cooley so now I was like I've established myself as a producer who can remix and then now I'm taking these tools um, which by the way remixing teaches you how other producers work from a fundamental that's the best part it's like forget oh, that's whether genius. or not that's you, you that's listen great. through all the textures how they pan how they use things it's like it's such a great way to learn how other engineers work and really get inside the head of the oh, people wow. working. Would never think of that. Wow, that's yeah. dude, you're full of gold. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is a, this is gold. This whole you know, we call this episode gold. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? It's uh, it's it's appropriate for call this. production uh, gold. Production gold. Hey, if if that's what uh, that's what's coming out, I I will happily take that compliment. <laughs> cheers. That's a great, yeah. Cheers, cheers to you, you, man. That's incredible. Um, um, so yeah. So labels were hiring you for remixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, um. After I met with Dave Cooley, so I the, yeah I should have done this other order, other order around. So yeah, I get the um, win the remix contest, meet Dave Cooley, get humbled to a point where I basically just take a break from writing for about a year uh, because he had mentioned just listen to other people. Don't be a you know don't be a statistic uh, like don't don't be like a, a mathematician. Don't be trying to write equations for all this. Don't try to be uh, you just know get doing statistics every five minutes. Just Listen to all of the best, most popular records of all time. Not just the hits, like, the whole record. Why is this, what is it about the way they're doing things production-wise that's happening? Mm -hmm. Like, what is fundamentally, what are they doing? And it was, like, little things I would notice. Like, oh, playing the chorus melody on an instrument. At the intro to the song and then doing a verse and then doing the same melody again with vocals this time Like it's already in your head and then you have a verse and now it's played again And then there's another verse you're already getting the chorus three times within the first two minutes of a song like do you have like a uh, like name three records that were
0: big in the in that changing process for in you
1: that yes, yeah. so for sure uh, Beach Boys Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, getting getting lost there. Pet Sounds was one I kind of dug into, but even that's probably not the best example. But um, yeah, I actually went through uh, Willie Nelson, like wow. a best of Willie Nelson uh, compilation. That just like just to like hear what that guy's got going on because it seems to be working so well. Yeah. And uh, then um, who was the other one? I, I went through um, Elvis. Actually, I'd never really listened to a lot of the, the throwback Elvis wow. stuff. Yeah, it was beautiful.
0: So, I mean, so take Elvis, for example, what did you, do you remember specifically what you grasped from an Elvis record?
1: Yeah, the, the way that the production was completely appropriate for every element that he was singing, like it wasn't rocket science, like it wasn't trying so hard to, you know, one thing Dave said uh, when we met was, in his opinion, modern music is all about who can come up with the coolest idea. It stopped being about songwriting a long time ago. Wow. And I thought that statement. was unbelievably profound because it's so true. You know, who can come up with a fatter bass? Who can come up with the coolest drop? Who can come up with a louder vocal? Who, and it, and it was such like a just a, a, it was a brilliant statement. And and I and I listening to that, it was if he's singing about being on a boat, the instrumentation made you feel like you're in a boat. Yeah. And I w- when I you know went back. So basically after that, I I was like I think I'm ready to start writing again. I, I, you know, my, my stepdad, um, at the time was, was diagnosed with cancer. He was passing away. And, um, mole was uh, sort of, uh, the first time I had to really think about mortality in that way from someone that I was that close to, who'd been like a father to me. Um, and, uh, that record was a deep reflection of that and all the things that come with that. And each song was sort of a different extension from that. So it was like, before I was just like literally like I'm gonna make soundscapes and then when it feels cool I'll throw some lyrics on it this was the first time I was like I knew what I wanted to say Start to finish yeah and I knew different things that go along with that concept and I want to sort of explore those things and for that one uh when you ask like when did this become a career um I hired uh one of the one of the labels I'd done remix for I had said like you know like what any advice on this next release i want to put out because uh, I sent it to him and he's like this is awesome he's like have you ever thought about doing pr like working with a pr person i was like i can't afford that at this stage you know and he's like no no no. like send it to this girl she might give you a deal if she really likes it so i sent it to inga at girly action in new york and she was stoked um just like she was like this is awesome i would love to work with this but i need a lot of stuff to go with it and i was like oh like what she's like uh I need remixes, I need a video content, I need press photos. I just, so I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing at this point. Like yeah. I've never really marketed something with somebody who's a professional. So um, anyway, finally get the content she needs. She goes, all right, uh, you know, here's the fee up front. For me at the time, it was like it's a lot of money. Um, but it was up front and I was like, this is perfect because this is an investment. Yeah, this is an investment. 100%. Like, I want to know, is any of this actually... This is, like, 2012 now. Okay. So, this is, like, this is... an I established fin in, like, 2010. Okay. So, like, this is a moment where I'm going to see if somebody who has that sort of clout in, like, the blogosphere and that sort of clout among, like, other tastemakers, like, is it going to break through that? So, you hire this person for a two-month push, right? I hire her on... I don't hear from her for 17 days. Holy shit. Into did the you first, freak out? First, I mean... No, because part of it was like, you know, that, that sort of like murder on your shoulder was just like, eh, told you, you suck. You know what I mean? Like it was like that moment of like,
0: before, before you sent her all this stuff, like how did, I mean, you don't have to go into super detail, but like, how did you go about getting that content? Did you do it all yourself or did mm -hmm. you get friends to help you out or hire someone? I always
1: have friends to help me out. Yeah. But I, but I always like, I'm big on, on, um. Value, I don't like people working for free or doing things like immensely for free it, it, yeah. Because it's just not right um, Unless it's something that they're like adamant about and they you know, even then like I'll still Want to do it? Um, because it just is that so I had I had a guy who was working on a video. I never actually got finished but I had had a guy who I needed a remix um, and a, 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 a a girl I'd met through like playing a couple shows was like I'm gonna send a, an email out to my whole company and we'll see if kashi was like uh, a booking agent or something okay and like 48 hours later I get an email from this guy uh, robot Koch in Berlin and I was like I didn't know anything about him at the time I just like I really liked a couple of his tracks on his thing I was like oh cool. If I had known kind of who he was at that point, I probably would have been like freaking out. But so I was just I'm, I'm so I'm very uneducated
0: in that world. So I was so out.
1: like yeah. He, for him, it's like he just was like he was one of the first inductees to like the Red Bull Music Academy. And, oh shit! Okay. And he, in the electronic scene. He's been in a band called like Yakuzy and like a bunch of stuff, especially in Berlin. He's like just a really cool, classy, tasteful electronic yeah. music maker. Uh, particularly like he was big in the beat scene early on and stuff yeah so uh yeah he reached out I was like I really love this song like I want to try a remix for it and I was like awesome like here's my budget and he's like no no I don't want your money what I want is I want you to write another track that I can put on my next record and we can just do a collab on my record Fuck we'll yeah. do this and I was like
0: yes this is everybody listening pay <laughs> attention to that part right there that is how musicians should communicate collaborate yeah. for collaborate yeah like make more music yeah Fuck everything else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. To hear. It was
1: awesome. Yeah. And especially like for like where he was at at his career at that point too. Like he was like, he, he there there's was no, no reason. reason. Yeah. No, no reason. reason yeah. at all. Yeah. And, and so, uh, he came on board, he does this remix. I have this content there and it's all through like friends of friends. that are just kind of like pushing out who like really just were, were helping. And then all of a sudden, um, 17 days into this thing, you know, and also by the way, a bunch of people in my network said, don't put this out. I should also say that. As many people as there were that were like, we'll help you. There was a lot of people who were like, this is just, you sound like a sad version of Radiohead. Like this is just not going to hit. Like this is not well, a thing. You know, it was
0: fucking good because if people <laughs> can't decide their opinion on it. Like one way or another, it means you're missing something mm. like I mean, I've kind of, I mean, maybe that's not totally true, but I've always stood by that statement. I've, I've always thought that, especially something creatively. Yeah. It's like, if you don't have a, a people disliking it for one reason or another, then you're missing something. Because yeah, as much as people are, you know, inspired or feel so intensely on the, you know, more positive side of things, there should always be that healthy balance of people that don't because we're all so different. Like you have to be able to get something out of everybody. Yeah. If you just get a neutral all the way, all the way through, you're not digging deep enough. Fair enough. You got to piss off someone and make someone fall in love <laughs> all at the same time.
1: Hey, I, I, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I know that for me. Yeah. I, I had a lot of people that were like scared for me. Cause they were like, you're about to invest money. This is like a thing. This is like crazy. It's it's the
0: biggest step, you know?
1: Yeah. And so I finally had to take a deep breath and be like, you know what? I need to know. I need to know. So I put it out there 17 days in no response whatsoever. Um, I'm out to dinner with my mom and my stepdad at the time visiting them in New Jersey. And I get an email from her, which I normally would never like check my phone during dinner, but this was like, Guys, I'm sorry, but it's from Inga. Like, I kind of want to know what's going on with all of this. So I read it, and it just says, Thank you so much for believing. Um, I know, you know, this has been a crazy road so far, but I got you a premiere for your first single on Jay-Z's blog, and Jay-Z okayed it himself. Holy shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was like... I'm just mind-blown right now. Yeah. And so, so,
0: wait, before we move forward, I want, I want to walk through this really, let me just sub this up. Yeah. 2010, you come up with a new name for your music. hmm 2012, you take a huge leap after suffering a loss and you expose the most vulnerable side of yourself. hmm Not knowing anything about the industry, not knowing anything about that. Someone offers you a ridiculous chance that, you know, most people would be like, this is too out of my league. They're like, not going to spend all that money. And you said, fuck it. And you went for it even when most people were saying don't. No. Mm-hmm. And then 17 days later, you get told that your stuff is a is wanted by Jay Z, one of the biggest artists in the world.
1: Yeah, to premiere on his blog. Like, so that's you know.
0: about a two year timeline.
1: Yeah, three three two, three years, yeah. Two, three years. Yeah.
0: I'm saying this because I want everyone listening <laughs> that's a musician that's trying to make it yeah. in any way, shape, or form, like yeah. that's one event. Yeah. That is one album, one event, one person. Yeah. That's how much like I mean, that seems like a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it takes three years, but that fucking happened. That's yep. incredible. That's that's how networking, making friends, being someone as charismatic as you, being someone as, you know, friendly as you, wanting it as bad as you. I mean, that's what's missing. Hmm. That willingness to say, hey, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna give it my all. I'm not gonna make Alec Finn produce a record and then get to this point and then back out. Yeah. I'm gonna go all the way. Yeah. Fucking Jay's that's that's yeah, I'm just I'm I'm fanning out now. Too. Look at that. That's incredible. Yeah. And this is inspiring yeah. to me. Please continue. No, yeah, it was it
1: was it was I, I felt the same way. I was kind of freaking out because I was like, out to, I was like, this is not even real. Like, I felt the same way uh, when when uh, when I had won that remix contest. Like, it's just it, those moments of validation are, uh, you know, those things you just cherish, you know, the, those moments of that. And, 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 you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to quit my day job now or, you know, any of that. It was more of like, what I was your day job. Um I was uh, restaurants. I've always been working managing restaurants. Right on. Um, and at that time, it was like this is uh, you know they, the curator from his blog cannot post anything without sending it to him at that time and having him okay it. So like literally to know that that exchange happened, oh he heard God. it and was like, "Yeah, that's fine. Let's premiere at this date." You must have felt like a fucking king. It was surreal. That's awesome. it was surreal, and it was like to to go back into to work and be able to go to my friends and family and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, like so. Guess where it's premiering? And literally, like, it wasn't shock because like, oh my god, like this is. It was more of just like, I think we all had. I'm I'm surrounded with a lot of realists. That's good. That's yeah, very good. And Especially um, as a musician. Yeah, I mean, the total opposite. <laughs> yeah, so it's. I think everybody's expectations were grossly under like grossly under underestimated what 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 that was yeah. and then to have that push the rest of it it became this thing now as exciting as it was mm-hmm. i had no idea how to really capitalize on that that's the that, that's the tough part yeah i had no clue what was happening and you know i all of a sudden i have interest from actual people all around the world who are reaching out and things and labels overseas and people wanted to make videos and people want to do this. And they're like, Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Where's your next thing? What's the next thing? I have No idea. I'm like, dude, I literally made this in a loft bedroom (laughs) at a house in Newberry park. And like that now it's like being premiered on a blog. Like this is surreal, but, um, yeah, like the, the 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 best thing that came from that whole experience, aside from the amount of credibility and my confidence and all that things, was was finally getting a team of people who had already kind of been on the the wings, yeah. but now they had what they needed to really jump in and start like you know helping and pushing and creating. Yeah. So at that point, did you get signed? No. So what? So was the same label hiring you, or were you just taking freelance jobs? I mean, basically, at that point, I was still. You know, I was monetizing off of the single for the first time, which is like crazy, Listening you know, it uh, was waiting like a wolf waiting like a wolf. I listened yeah. to that today. I really yeah. like that song. Thank by the you. Way. Yeah, that was like, and it was surprising to me because it was like of all the people I would ever expect to premiere that Jay Z was sort of like the last one I would ever. Yeah, think no, to I listened to it to. and I, I remember
0: seeing something in the little email you sent me. I was like, was that the one that Jay Z does? Like, I could, I didn't understand what that was. I was like, I didn't know enough yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm like, this has something to do with Jay Z, and that's very interesting. To me. <laughs> yeah, like, this is a great song, but I can't see the connection. So yeah, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, oh, me- thanks. You reached a human being, regardless
1: yeah. of their level. That's a human yeah. being, and you touched them. You, yeah. you, you know, the vibration hit them. Yeah, this blog I, picked it up. They were called. Uh, we are hunted at the time they, they ended up being bought out and became twitter music which was cool oh, shit. uh when that exists yeah they uh they were they the guy who headed that was so stoked he put it as like put it up in the blog and it like jumped up to number one there and he had like one of the early spotify playlists and things so i just like suddenly like got this Guessing. really nice push and was making some actual money and um you know able to uh start having real conversations but yeah labels were always sort of like a conundrum to me
0: so how do you how do you make a living in music then
1: so what ended up happening was i i off of the tails of that i went into a phase of how does this actually look like how do you make a living making music um and it started to be a contest with myself of how many different aspects of the industry can i work in and feel comfortable in and how far can i push it because I can engineer. Great attitude. I can record. I can um, produce. I can write. I can do whatever, and I really don't care if it's an assistant engineering role, if it's something I gonna work on. So basically, I just kind of I started working for um, a production company afterward. But the idea was first I have to come up with more content. So I took some time and wrote some more content and got the next record ready. Went deep into you know getting videos done and getting all this stuff going and building up the next thing this time with all the content necessary. The problem was the industry shifted big time to streaming in that time oh yeah massively um blogs really not what they used to be yeah the pr companies shifting their role completely different so i tried to recreate the same model again did not work at all um it wasn't that i failed i had a great second record but the thing that i was monetizing by was uh, uh sync and licensing from tracks being placed in tv and film yeah that's to this day one of the most unexpected, awesome ways that just come up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like once, maybe once a year, maybe not one year, two the next year, three yeah. one year. Like it, it pops up and it's a nice little paycheck and it comes in and it supports you. And then those kinds of, again, the credibility keeps growing. I got into producing for others and remix. I started doing more remixes, getting that coming on a regular basis. I got uh, hired so to do- So was it like
0: freelance produce, uh, production then?
1: Yeah, freelance production, and then I also got hired to do like a sample pack for a company okay. uh, where I you know, like made a bunch of samples other producers could use and things like that. Um, yeah. I was doing mixing for other people. I was doing um, consult mixes, consult production. Um, I was working as a sort of like a uh, assistant engineer at a production company for a while. Um, and then ended up becoming a co producer, assistant producer for, on projects. And then eventually kind of went rogue from them and went off and started doing production on my own. And that was when, uh, that was like 2016, 2017 was where I really was like monetizing full time doing production and for my tracks being placed. and from so you were making money in the industry then yeah you weren't you didn't have your day job anymore yeah I dropped it completely in like uh in late 2016 2017 because I still had it but I went down to like three days a week just more of like support rather than it being like a full-time thing and it's yeah and uh, and that's something that you know um it was a change that I had to do because it was like I had to go
0: all in or none
1: yeah and it was also like but but also not driving yourself insane I think I think part of what I dealt with for a really long time and it took me a lot of work to get out of is letting your career define you and I think I wanted I was so interested in just being able to say I'm a music producer and Say this is my full-time job and say these things um, That I was very quick to stop investing in my artist work and go take on things that monetized everywhere I could. Funny, I was
0: gonna ask you that next. I was gonna ask you where your musicianship went, where you you know, right. as a creative, like how did that change? Right. I mean, you became almost a, a
1: slave to the next job. But I also wanted to know, you know, like I, the, I was more curious, like yeah. what is this, what is it like being a producer in LA full time? And the other thing to note is I didn't move to Los Angeles until I was already monetizing, I made a very conscious choice to do that, yeah, um so I moved there in now 2016, so I'm still pretty new to actually living in l a actually um, but no I, I I love it now because I don't need it. Does that make sense? yeah. Yeah, you're like, there because you, you're just there. You I know, just want to be your there. Your life and you kind of like this. I want to be there. It's easy. It's it's easy to like. I love being around the neighborhoods and I live in an awesome place and it feels great. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So the musicianship definitely. Uh. My my artist side kind of took a back seat for a while because I kept getting job after job after job and and, and part of it is like I just was following that road. I Would was you like, I say I that
0: you kind of in order to in order to put your artist side. To behind you, you kind of had to make your own stamp as a producer. Do you think that that came into play where it's like everyone that came to you, it's like, all right, well, this is how I do it. This is what I do. Here it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it was also like, maybe. there's there's a whole culture in LA you know doing doing these rights there's like a right culture I mean you know it's like you're gonna go you're gonna meet with these people all the time and you're gonna write songs and and you you go just like go from session to session to session and you're a co-writer on like you know all Sunday in the the year you've co-written like 100 200 songs and now you're getting a cut from all those and you keep building this residual thing and what happened to me was I had an artist I'd been working with for a while, we were full-time, and then I picked up another artist that we started working full-time. And then um I was making my own records at the same time, and then I was being sent these one-off artists on a pretty regular basis like to do rights in between. And I started realizing through these rights that this is not for me. Like This is When I would ask these artists like what do you want to write about and they were just shocked That I asked that question. Yeah, because they're like What no, you're supposed to produce a whole song out I sing on it I get my cut you take your cut and then we never talk to each other again That's like sort of a lot of the energy was like yeah Like I'm not looking for like a producer. I'm not looking for a friend I just want to make a song that I get a cut of and then I want to go to the next thing and it's not bad It's just not for me like, I get that it's a business move for a lot of people, and they have great voices and are extremely talented. You may not want
0: to say it's bad, but I fucking say it's bad. I mean, That's fucking garbage.
1: Well, somebody in the room believes it. Somebody in the room believes it for it to work. Like, somebody is loves that what somebody they're Is
0: that somebody in that room believe what they're saying? I mean, music is not yeah. only that expression for us and that feeling that we need to get out, but we're saying something. Right. You know, it's almost as valuable if I look someone in the face and said something so out of line and so absurd right. and I got punched in the face for saying it, <laughs> I got punched in the face for saying that I'm not gonna go out and fucking say that again. Right. But in music, you can't get punched in the face. Yeah. There's so much backing and so much bullshit around it that if you contribute to the whole idea of saying something, you know, not giving a fuck about what you're saying, not caring about that message, that depth, no one's gonna punch you in the face. I right. mean, you can just get away with it. Yeah. So it's like, look, it's an unstoppable force, but as a fucking human being don't you want to be a part of something that means something
1: well that's the problem right Is like okay. but the art like the yeah the producer will be like the producer ha- it's more of the the artists coming in are more actors in a producer's play they the producers are like this is a song about orange juice you need to sing lyrics about oranges and they're like, oh, like, is this cool? Uh, I don't know. That second rhyme's kind of weird. Okay, is this cool? Yeah, that's great. Find a melody you like. Oh, that's cool. I can live with that. I can live with that, too. And it's a song that came from producer's vision. He he coaches the performance to get what he wants. It's basically the producer's show a lot of times.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it's a vocalist as a studio musician, sure, right. which is great. It's, I mean, it's one of the biggest parts of making money in the industry, but right. to be a part of that, like... Someone's got to have a vision that they care about that they mean. You know, is the producer saying like, oh, it's about orange juice because I care about orange juice and I think that's going to make a difference in the world or I'm trying to you know, get something across or it means something so important to me that I'm going to use music to express it. Right. Or I'm writing about orange juice because I know some asshole's going to buy it. Right, And that's bullshit.
1: Well, and the, the thing that was cool was almost every artist I had to write with left feeling a little unhinged. It's um, kind of icky. In, in a good way. Um, because they came back in the second session like angry motivated because they're like, what do I want to say? How do yeah. we say this? Like, what are we doing? Like, the, And, and the, the thing that sucks is most of them come from out of town. They only get 48 hours. I mean, so you only get 48 hours with a person to make a song. And uh, it, it's just a very intense system. And there's people who absolutely crush it. And they do great. And they make meaningful work. For yeah. me, I, I just, I realize that like I like time. I like development. I want to get into the nitty-gritty details of what you're trying to say. I want the visuals. I want that. And it's, it's, it's really developing a skill set there um, right when I was sort of at my peak of like, okay, I could be a full-time producer now. Yeah. I could go do this. And I could just, even if I'm not getting you know paid per session from artists, if we're writing songs, if I'm writing this many songs, I- I'll be fine. But the quality of life then comes into question. Um, are you making stuff that you want to listen to? Are you making things that you feel good about? Are you, do you care about what you're doing? Do you care about what you're doing? And then I got hired to do a massive application at that time, producing and engineering a huge app. Wow. And that took precedence over everything else I was working on. Uh, cause I had to go with it. Yeah. And that was 30 genres of music I had to produce in a month and a half. Holy shit. It was insane. So real quick, I want to
0: clarify. I'm not bagging on studio musicians. Studio musicians are the fucking soul and core of this entire industry. But to to the studio musicians, what they need to understand, and what I hope they never lose sight of, is when you're hired to come play a part or come add your stuff to it, it means they're hiring you. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Who are you as a person and what do you contribute? You shouldn't walk in as a guitar player and play a certain way because you think that's what they'll like. When you walk in as a guitar player, you play who the fuck you are. Yeah. They hired you for you, and I think it's so important to never forget that. Because it's so easy to walk into that room, walk into that vocal booth, and the producer says, this is exactly what I want. All right, well I can can sing, I'm a professional, so I'll do what you say. No, 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 no. You take the advice and you enhance it because they hired you. And if you don't get the job, you get less jobs for that, then so be it. But this is the fucking music industry. You stay true to yourself or you can fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's uh, Sorry, that's very very serious subject for me. No, dude, I I mean that's the, it's it's something that you're passionate about. It's something I also I, I agree. I think there's something really important about um, maintaining your own voice, and and you know in LA it's hard because there's so much influence all the time. You're pushed and, around, and, and yeah, and and it's you know I think part of my. Um, my thing as a producer, too, uh, in the, in those rights is, like, I'm not going to write a song for you that I want you to sing on because everything I write, I, I want to do for my own project. Yeah. So I, what makes, I think, me unique is that I am an artist and a producer, and that definitely does change things um, in that light because, yeah, like, I'm coming from an artist's headspace and then producing after that, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm empathizing before I just jump in and, 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 and throw my... My take on there, which well, I think you're a great producer. Why you're so good at it, and why you're able to continue to be good at it. I I hope so. Um, yeah.
0: so you work at a restaurant now. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and your cousin Evan, who believe it or not, guys, he's sitting in the room. He's just staying quiet. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> very well behaved. Very well behaved, Evan. Uh, we came and we had dinner. I ate mm-hmm. way too much that night, but mm-hmm. I got. I, it was the first time I got to meet you. The yeah. only other time I've actually been in person with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked you right off the bat, but you mentioned a few things. You mentioned you had walked away from it all.
1: Mm-hmm. I so that's not one hundred percent accurate. Uh, okay, my what I say is I had walked away from the. Basically, I wouldn't say I walked away from anything. I just changed my focus to being back to being an artist full time. So what? So
0: how did that? So. Schedule-wise, what does that change for you? Like, what do you what do you do? What's your income? I mean, is your only income from the restaurant now? I no. Mean, so you're still making a living. In there I'm as
1: there. An artist. So so this was this is part of what I was getting at before. Was I'm not asking about your income. No, no, casa. no. It's I completely understand. Job, just to be clear, I completely here. understand. For yeah. The
0: people listening, I want to know more yes. about how do you succeed, so, especially as an artist.
1: So here's here's what happened. So I had done uh, the application I spoke of okay. was for Google. So I got hired, oh, yeah, so I got hired to produce an engineer and app for Google um, and it was a big project for me at the time and it set me up, you know, it put me in a position where I really don't have to take on any other work for a while if I don't want to. Between that, the other projects I had worked on, like I had been really diligent and I had, I had set myself up so that I could basically be my own label. That was the idea. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So I had taken on all these projects. I built myself up and I gave myself this. Now, at this point, I'm, I just literally achieved a dream that I set in motion in 2010. And this is the end of really 2017. I hit this wall and I start getting crazy anxiety. And I start feeling this really shitty energy all the time because... I lost my love. I took this thing that was like the most precious outlet and I turned it into a job with real work stress. Unbelievable work stress. It's not just like if you if this doesn't go if you don't meet this deadline, you know, you're going to get a you know, you're going to get a write up. This is like if you don't meet this deadline, with this company or this artist, like your reputation as a producer is just, you're, you're fucked. You know, and it's like, whether it was that dramatic or not, that's how it felt. Yeah. And it wasn't the people, it was how I was making myself feel. Because it was like, I, I mean, I was mixing for 22 hours straight some of these days because I just wanted it so bad. I wanted it to be so, I had so much to prove because it was like, I just felt so like grateful for these opportunities that I had with everyone. And I'm just one of those people, man. It's like, when I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Whether I, you know, no matter what it is, no matter what the feelings are, I'm, if my name is on it. This is going to be legit. Like, I'm going yeah. to put every ounce of what I have into it. The problem is when you're producing, it involves a ton of empathy. How to use empathy and not embody it is a whole nother thing. So, like, I was embodying all of the energies that these artists are bringing into my home all the time. And I'm like, literally like I'm waking up and I'm immediately bringing in and people are writing about a lot of heavy things and a lot of things. And I'm bringing these discussions into my house. And it's like, I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have a daily routine that allowed me to have some time to like go out and relax. I didn't have a daily routine that allowed me to be social. I had no balance, man. I was literally just like making music all day, every day, like without any direction outside of like, well, I can say I'm a producer now. What is the point if I don't even enjoy my life you know it'll no flow it I had channeling through it you. wasn't happening, it was you just know absorbing so I hit a wall, you know, and I had luckily I had set myself up with a cushion financially, where I was like, I need to take some time and figure out what it is that I want. What do I want like i I want I know that I want the love for music back. I want to get back to that that stage where I just like make stuff that feels good and not have to worry, but like it's more than that so um i I had you know, I was doing some live show development for an artist uh, and I I had sort of like hit my wall. I was like, I'm just so tired, you know, yeah. like I'm I'm just tired and she was amazing. She's so sweet. It has nothing to do with her, yeah. you know? And I just was like a burnout, you know? And I, um, went into my old job to pick up my W2 and I had not been able to up until this point really figure out what it is. Like I was just so in my head, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I had met, like, this, this uh, one of the, one of the servers that worked there, Just she just saw me and she just gave me the biggest hug in the world, and was like, oh my god, and I just, like, w- walked up to these two people that were sitting at the bar, and I was wearing, like, normal clothes, and we just started talking about, you know, life and all this random stuff. They were complete strangers, and I had this moment where I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. People. People. Um... And, I, I, you know, I, I went back to, because I, I was on break and the session happened to be in Agora. Yeah. So I, I went uh, I went back to finish the session and then I went back to to the restaurant and I saw my boss and I was like, listen, this might sound crazy, but is there any way you'd be down to have me here like a couple days a week? Like just to like be around humans, like you don't even have to give me shifts that are like money shifts. Like if I could just like have this and like just in my own head, have a social life a social life that's like i mean and i have friends and i go out with friends but i don't ever want to be reliant on my friends yeah to like be mental stability you know what i mean like that's like i mean you rely like of course my friends are amazing but i don't want to like like hey can can we hang out if we don't hang out i'm gonna be isolated in my cabin here um (laughs) that's not a healthy way you know but but it was also like I think it was just getting out of my head It's anything, with and it's just people. And you have you have structure. I need structures in my week. Yeah, that was the thing. I went back to being just an artist full time, and, and the moment was I was working on a chorus and a song, and I had this like wash over me, of oh my god, if this doesn't market it's six to eight months from now, like I'm I'm not. I'm, what's, where's the next check going to come from? Yeah, that's, that's- weird. Your head just totally twisted. I've never been there before. And then I realized, like, you know what? How do I balance this? Like, how do I structure this? How do I take the pressure off? How do I get back to a joyful place with this where it's a healthy relationship where I'm making stuff because it it feels good? And that was that moment where I really reestablished the fact that, for me, being creative always needs to come from a want and not a need. And some people work really well the other way they have to be in a corner to make their best stuff. For me, I need to have free open space to do this. And me going to the restaurant as a choice a couple of days a week is very different than being there because oh my god, I need a day job because financially like I know I can do it full time. Yeah, as that but The reality is I'm happiest when I'm making my own records in my own space at my own pace. And will I do production again? Of course. Like if there's jobs or there's people I meet, like I'm not like hard knowing anything that comes through and there's corporate gigs that'll come up. Of course, like I get reached out to with things and I'm not, I'm not like, oh no, you know, that's, I'm just an artist now, you know, it's not like I'm that, but right now it feels great. And I just want to build a massive catalog of stuff that's going to attract people to make stuff that like any people coming through they like they, I really have made a stamp as an artist that then can bring me work as a producer that that's really in my vein all the time. Yeah. I don't want to produce pop stuff as much I don't think you know um, I, I love it. I love producing stuff for other people and helping them realize their vision but you want to be able to dive into something yourself. Yeah, and let's be real going going and doing stuff with other people is really cool. It's really safe when there's a paycheck coming in from other people all the time. But part of me had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, maybe I got into production because at the end of the day, am I really that terrified of putting it all on myself?
0: Yeah. Wow. You know, I really liked that.
1: Yeah. And it was just like a honest moment. And I did a lot of mindfulness training, um, you know, got into mindfulness meditation and and really bringing my days to like, how do I get the most out of these days? How do I, you know, if I'm going to be literally making music four out of seven days a week on average, what? what does that even look like? How yeah. do I even do? That? How do I do that in a healthy way where I'm actually productive? Like, what is my end game? What are my goals? And I, I took a lot of time and I established it. And I, like I've I've never been so like free. And I don't care. You know, people are like, oh, in LA, it's like, oh, really, dude? You work a day job? You failed. And it's like, if you only knew. Yeah. Like if you only knew my real life. Like you know, like but it, it, there's an assumption. There's a stigma with day jobs. You know. There's a stigma with, you know, the the, the stereotype of like working in a restaurant and doing this. For me, it's like, it's now it's it's, well it's sanity it's also like it you're genuinely fueling you're giving yourself the opportunity to work with integrity and discipline instead of just having to need and like force yourself to work on a bunch of things you don't want to just to i don't know that for me it's like i think i found a balance that works for me and if people want to be like oh dude you know what you're just a stereotype dude you have no success you have no this it's like if that's what you, if that's how you want to look at it go ahead but for me it's like yeah i, I do this cuz i fucking love being around people and i love working in that restaurant man i have such a great team there and my coworkers yeah. are amazing and then i wake up most of the week in a cabin making really moody electronic music all day like like it's a great time i yeah. like and it took me years to build up to that point where i can do it and have no stress on either i know if the restaurant goes away you know which would be a bummer but if it like I can completely go back to doing what I was doing before and I know I can, but it's nice, like, there's no pressure. I just make stuff that feels really good all the time. And that, 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 was, that is, yeah, that's why I'm there.
0: That's, that was incredible. Yeah. I, I love this story. I love, this, love your whole path. I think, uh, I think it's hard for a lot of people, not even hard, I think it's almost impossible for a lot of people to say that they'd be willing to explore both sides so extremely mm. and uh, come back to what they truly care about. Yeah. I, I see that every day, even with close, people close in my life and you know stories that I hear all the time. There's always people that believe in something and have such deep passion because it's who we are as human beings. Yeah. And, uh, and they get to a place where they lose the passion because of the struggle mm. of maybe the position that they're in with what they care about. Mm-hmm. And so often people walk away from it because they just immediately assume that it's bad for them, when in reality, <laughs> they just haven't cared for it like they should it's like if you yeah. had a kid like me imagine you know your music as a child like this you know a child that you have to nurture and take care of this and that you know if you raise your child improperly and you weren't there for it and you didn't you know you did it all the wrong things it doesn't mean that you just throw the child away right. it doesn't mean that you know the child is a terrible terrible person it just means that you didn't nurture it the right way find the right way to have a relationship with it and that's what you did yeah. you know that i think i think you've accomplished something even greater than anything that past, you know, a paycheck, past making it in the industry, past you know getting big names to appreciate you and doing something, all that, all that stuff is great. But I think being able to go through that and come back to where you are now, to care, yeah. to be passionate and give a shit the way that you do, is not only the core value, but at the end of the day, should what we what we should go to bed with. No, thank and you, that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, I admire you. This is Thanks. that's a great, great fucking turnaround. There. I mean, rock and roll, man. And Oof. to not shun the other side of it, like not to totally shun it and no, say, never. I'm not, you know, I'm never going to do this again, but to say, i you know, if I want to do it, I'll do it.
1: Right. And that's the difference and you know, and I'm, I am, I do have to say, like, I was extremely lucky to work with the artists that I did during my production time. Cause I'm so proud of what we made. Mm-hmm. And I know that like to, I'd never experienced being able to be that specialist for someone else. You yeah. know somebody who has these ideas and and has those things like you said in in your head and and they come into a room and you're that you you provide the tools for them to actually bridge that gap between their taste and and what they're capable of. You are that bridge. Yeah. and like it's the most beautiful feeling in the world for me, I, I I think that like you know technically, I was there, you know, and I had really cool methods that worked. Um, but for me I, I wasn't in a place I don't think spiritually and, and 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 like mentally to do it at the capacity I was doing it at yeah. sustain you know and sustain it. So yeah. like I mean I'm I'm everything I've worked on and I've put my name on I'm like unbelievably proud of. As you should be and I'm so glad and honored that people saw that potential in me and gave me a chance when most people would have been like, I don't know, you know, and like they invested in me. And that gave me the confidence and the courage to know that I can do it and I did it. Step one. And now I want to do it on my own terms. That's
0: rock and roll right there. Yeah. That is fucking rock and roll right there.
1: It's it is I can
0: do it, now I'm gonna do it on my own terms. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: gonna do it the way that feels good to me. I'd rather
0: know? I'd rather crash and burn and go down in flames for the rest of my life on my own terms than succeed on someone else's. One hundred percent. And no. that's that's once again that you know that's it's the self awareness that you have, mm. you know, to have that self awareness amidst all the distractions that are there, and yeah. especially in a thing like music that's so incredibly vulnerable, so incredibly sensitive, yeah, so incredibly ruthless, yeah, and to still still stay self aware. I mean,
1: yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, and and it, it also involves a lot of vitality work. Yeah. You know, you got to take care of yourself. You got to wake up in the morning, and you got to know that. You know, my sister always has this. Analogy when I was like kind of you know trying to figure out the balance and everything she has this thing She said where she was like, you know um, It's like a coaching thing. It's like a metaphor. It was like the first time I heard it I was like, uh, here we go Uh, because it was like she's like, okay, there's three buckets There's a connection contribution and vitality And I was like, okay, she's like the idea is that every day you have to fill every one of those buckets as high as you can when one of them is not full the other one drain the other one's drain quicker and if one fills up too much and the other one's drain like it basically meaning you need to balance those three things out that's fucking at all times ass. every day so take care of yourself contribute something to other people and then you want to connect with everything that you're doing and like actually believe and feel everything right, we're right. going to repeat those three real quick <laughs> yeah. for <people> listening <laughs> yeah.
0: number 1 connect number 2 is contribute,
1: contribute. And number
0: three is vitality. Yeah. And if I'm screwing this up, I am sorry, but that's
1: to me, that's how I'm remembering it. Oh my God, that changed me. That changed my life.
0: That's that's incredible.
1: Because if you're just focused on yourself, that's not going to work. If you're just working on stuff for other people, that's not going to work. And if you're not connected to anything all in each other and you're not passionate about something, then you're going to be completely done. So find that balance on like a daily basis people on the
0: top of my head right now that I just want to scream to. <laughs> me being one of them. Yeah. you know, Wow. That's yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. And
1: that, that stuck with me really well. And, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the things, um, that, uh, I remember from, from this book that I, I took a mindfulness meditation course from, it was like all done through a book. Um, it was the idea that You know, number one, you know, the mind is just ruthless. Hell yeah. Your mind is just, has no shame, you know. Um, It's just insane. But also, like, we have two modes. We have doing mode and we have being mode. Doing mode is what 90% of, I was in doing mode for the better part of 10 years. Okay. I was so focused on just, like, the next thing all the time that I, like, forgot to breathe and, like, just, like, taste taste food i'm eating for christ's sake you know what i mean like i wasn't enjoying any yeah. of these experiences like i just literally achieved my entire dream and to look back on it and just be like you know what i want to just enjoy it i want to go for quality over quantity man yeah you know and that's that was like a big thing that came out of that for me you know it's not for everybody but i i it should be for. it everybody. changed that's, changed my life you know that's where the best content comes from anyway yeah i think so so i'm tapping into a, a very interesting uh a sort of a new phase of my creative life right now you know damn man yeah. well i mean if uh
0: i mean i love i love the how, how zigzag the journey is <laughs> yeah and i have a feeling it's going to continue to be like that with someone mm-hmm. as deep as you and someone as connected to what you do yeah so i mean i'm definitely gonna have to have you on a few months <laughs> from now see where we well, let's do this episode for now hey that's fair yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i want to change gears a little mm-hmm. bit just because i want to pick your brain no please yeah, um yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about the foundation of a good song or a good track. Right. In your opinion, okay. as your as a producer, as who you are, what are like if I gave if I gave you a piece of paper and it said write down a checklist of what absolutely has to be in a song or absolutely has to be in a good track to make it
1: quality. You know, is
0: it beat? Is it rhythm? Is it a melody? Like what are the things that
1: matter most? I'm going to walk you through how this would be if i was working with an artist who's coming in if i or, hired you yeah, this would be it. this would be the first thing i would ask you is uh you know what what, what do you want to write about what is your main intention what is the song about like what is the overarching theme of the song okay okay so this is let's just say this is a song uh, there was a track i worked on it it was it was a it was a it was about you know uh, basically when you go to a party and 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 it, it, I, I, the song's called uh, Nightcrawler. And it was the idea of you're going to parties and you meet all these people in LA all the time and like, she was saying she's like and then you wake up the next morning. And you're like are those people even gonna remember me like What was the point of that? Like we don't even stay in contact with 90% of people We just go there and talk about ourselves for like three hours and then we come home and like nothing happened Like yeah. what is what is this like why that's do we do this great? And concept. Was, yeah, and then <laughs> but but she wanted to write a song about it She wrote these beautiful poetry and all this stuff about it and it was really cool But so so the, the the that was the first the first question is like what do you want to write about? She gives me that I was like that's beautiful like that's something I, I can definitely identify with um Let's, let's talk about where you are when this starts. Where are you in the introduction? Um, the reason why I get into this, because again, I'm going to approach this as both a songwriter and a producer. And these are the questions that I need to, to do both, okay. which is I am both when I'm an artist. So it's really oh, yeah. intense. Fuck so, yeah, number right one now. is like f- if, if we're writing a song about being around a bunch of people who you're not really connecting with and then waking up and like feeling empty, um, where are you in the beginning? Have you already been through it, or are you about to go through it? Are you pre or post? Number one, number two, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. And then we'll wait a few more episodes before I promote that. Sorry, Evan. (laughs) So I don't know who's listening to this. You know, you still got it. You know. (laughs) Well played. Um, So yeah, so that's that's a thing. That's like, um, what do you? Where where are we when this song intros? And if. Uh, To a point where like, okay, so this is before it happened. Are you where physically are you? Are you in a car? Are you in an auditorium? Like give me fundamentals of because if you're Create a set if you're anxious Because you're about to go into a room of people that you don't really know and you're like not feeling particularly confident Yeah, and you're in a car from production standpoint Now I'm in a really close environment and i know that like everything needs to be extremely intimate and we're not going to have huge production here this is going to be a very quiet calm perspective then you know during the pre chorus this is where you're walking through the door, so there's more motion, there's more movement, there's, there's opening up, and then you're in a giant ballroom during the chorus. You know, These are things that I can use instead of us being like, oh yeah, that, uh, like, I really just need the high frequencies to really come in, and that nobody's gonna talk like that. Yeah. Nobody's gonna have that conversation. So instead of talking about frequency and depth and all those other things, let's just talk about, let's tell a story based upon your intention. Let's make a story together that makes sense, where we're both on the same page, so that literally every creative choice, every instrument I add, everything I do is funneled through you, the Sweet artist. Sweet
0: Jesus, what are your rates? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that, yeah, when we come through, it's like we can come out on the other side and, and, and everything that you said is like, okay, yeah. So then once that's established, so now we have a story that makes sense. I have some spatial ideas of how this looks and it's a cohesive story that makes sense to us both so we know we're like have the same vision the next thing is my question is how do you want this to move people now of course people are like well you know i want them to feel like this. no not how you want to feel. how do you physically want this to make them move because for me i believe that beat is the main indicator of genre interesting So depending on how you want your body to move is going to depend on how we're going to initiate sort of the style and genre of the track. Even if you're a pop writer, you can make a song that's metal. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, there's no rules in terms of that. Like there's stuff I'm obviously more proficient in. But if you want to make a song that has, that needs, that you want people to roll like this, like we're going to go more R&B. If you want stuff that's gonna make people shake, yes or no? You know, we're gonna go more like house. We're gonna go more like you know, yeah. four on the floor. If you want stuff that's gonna make you headbang, that's a thing. If you want stuff that's gonna make you not know how to move, that's a thing too. There's no wrong answers. Yeah, it's just tell me how you want this to move. If you want people to be confused, if you want people to be lost, we, we can make them being move will that react way. To it. We can what is make that reaction? We can make people move that way. And where we, Fuck yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. I love this. So that's Continual. like Yes, yeah, so
1: that was a thing that really sort of uh resonated with me. And and like figuring out, you know, so the thing that was fun about production was like figuring out how to actually translate that into sound. Um just, is pretty insane. Oh, you know? So I have the
0: chills right now listening to this. No, honestly, I have the chills right now. This awesome. is like this is yeah. some of the best information I've ever heard. Ever. That's amazing, and I'm 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 so excited. It's on this podcast. I'm so excited <laughs> to be a part of this. <laughs> that's awesome. Like uh, I've cheers. become a part of what you're doing right now. This yeah. is this is exciting for yeah.
1: me. Um, and it, it, yeah, and it's it's yeah. It was like uh, that. That's again where it comes down to, to experience, and you know, I'm lucky. I, I had years of of uh, working and playing on different instruments because that's another thing that that was uh, that was intense. Is like you know, I do all the instrumentation for everything. So when there's stuff I can't do. We go to session musicians, and you know that that Glad goes. In there. That, yeah, exactly. And and it's a blast because the best at what they do. <laughs> God knows I don't know how to play the instrument. So when they when they're like, hey, can I? I'm like, yes, yes, please, please do. I would love that. You know, uh, but they it's 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 fun to expand that and and grow on that. So yeah, that's that's sort of like the the most important elements for me. So just to really like shrink it down, are you know what are you trying to say? Can you make a coherent narrative out of that? Um, both visually and just like on paper, you know, uh, mm. conceptually, and then how do you want it to to make people move? Having those three answers to that question really will help a- empower and, a producer yeah. to do their job efficiently, and you'll save a lot of time and create a common language a lot quicker than anything else. Yeah. I'm gonna sell this fucking episode as a masterclass. I swear to God, damn. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is this
0: is incredible. So, um, I mean, one last question before, not even a question, one last thing before uh, before we end this episode. Uh, no. If for all those cats out there, all those kids out there, you know, taking the electronic route, taking the production route, taking, you know, the modern day production route, mm-hmm. um, what would be your advice to them? Like, what would you say? Like how, what should they study? How should they approach things? What should they go after? You know, what should they pay attention to? What should they watch out for?
1: That is a, that is a heavy question. I um, thought so
0: so I saved it. for the- Yeah, no, that's
1: good. <laughs> I, I would say, um, take your time take your time be patient um make sure you love your daily life while you're doing it um as much as it's exciting and it's fun to have like you know big things happen and and you you want to get there make sure you 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 are enjoying that journey first because that other stuff will fall into place when you when you have that structure you know and that's that would be in line with that it is structure yourself so you are being consistent. Um, put out stuff on the regular, you know. But make sure you're you're, in, you're enjoying yourself while you're doing it. Don't don't live completely in the future and base all of your happiness on whether or not this one thing's going to go or not. It's not a healthy headspace. I've been there. Um, it seems sustainable, but long term, I would recommend just like breathing, breathe into it, take your time develop yourself enjoy it and don't listen to don't be too influenced by what's happening and what's selling right now because stuff i was making in storage units and bedrooms that people used to laugh at and freak out about um got me to a point where like i I literally work what i want to do whenever i want to do it now because i just took a deep breath and it's at a phase where like yeah you know what like i'm still working and i still have a lot long way to go but um yeah, you need, to, you need to love your freaking daily life, dude. It's so important. Yeah, just breathe into that and everything else will fall into place. If you can find a way to have a healthy life with music as a part of it in your routine, you're going to be gold. It's going to happen. Wow. Huh?
0: Yeah, that was, once again, just incredible. Walk. Dude Adam I cannot thank you enough. That's this right. has been uh you know I had a feeling walking into, you know going into this episode I was really excited about it cuz I'm you know first time I met you I was like yeah, this guy's got charisma I can nail. He's very on the same level of energy as me and I I, I really uh, I really felt connected and I was like I'm excited to do this and I felt walking in or going into this I was like there's going to be something special. I don't know what it is yet, hmm. but something special is going to come out of this and Boy, did it exceed all my expectations. <laughs> that's amazing. I uh, uh, yeah. I just, once, I mean, this whole episode just really embodies why I'm doing this.
1: That's beautiful, man. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks and, for having uh,
0: me. I, I can't wait to have you on again. Oh, yeah. Look You're forward coming to back it. on. I'll find you. I will find you. Don't fucking underestimate and me. And I will make next. you will speak into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's almost kinky, but. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway,
1: thank you so much, man. Uh, any last words? Um, you know what? The, yeah, Final words final words this was a treat thank you so much rock and roll man hell yeah dude (laughs) peace out peace